true extent of Iranian infiltration of Iraq has been revealed. This week, 700 pages from Iran's Ministry of Intelligence and Security were released. They show interference at the highest level of Iraq's political, military and judicial system. The intelligence reports, written in 2014 and 2015, were leaked to the New York Times and The Intercept by a source that wanted to let the world know what Iran is doing in my country, Iraq. The cables may have come as a bombshell to outside observers, but to the average Iraqi, their content was no surprise. I'm Taylor Heyman, and this is Beyond the Headlines. This week we're asking, who's really running Iraq? Iran has long been enmeshed in Iraqi politics, its military and judiciary, and in recent years, its involvement has been more blatant. Take, for example, the arrival of General Qasem Soleimani into Iraq in the early days of the recent protests. As head of Iran's Quds Force, a part of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, Soleimani is Tehran's point man on Iraq. He travels there frequently during times of political turmoil. In October, he met with Iraqi allies to secure the position of Iraq's Prime Minister, Adil Abdel Mahdi. Abdel Mahdi enjoys support from both the US and Iran, a rare point of consensus between the two nations. In one of the leaked documents, Abdel Mahdi is described as having had a special relationship with Tehran when he was Iraq's oil minister in 2014. They also named a number of other high-profile cabinet members, including former Prime Minister Haider al-Abadi. Back in 2011, when the US withdrew from Iraq, Iran was able to insert intelligence assets and political sympathisers to shore up its influence. But the US has not abandoned its interests in the country entirely. To understand how the US and Iranian tussle for regional influence through Iraq came about, we need to look back to when dictator Saddam Hussein was in power. Hussein ruled Iraq with an iron fist from 1979 until 2003, when a US-led intervention toppled him. In his time at the helm of the oil-rich nation, he started numerous regional wars, including the eight-year attempted overthrow of Iran's leadership. Much of Iraq's political opposition sought support and refuge from Iran during Hussein's brutal tenure, including the country's now Prime Minister, Adil Abdel Mahdi. Dr. Zana Golmohammed, an academic from the University of Sheffield specialising in Iraqi foreign policy, explains how that still has bearing 16 years later. When Iraqi regime was toppled to, after 2003, all those opposition parties became part of the new political system in Iraq. And of course, those parties who had historical ties with Iran, the ties continued and the influence continued, of course, on those factions. And of course, those factions, they built up the Iraqi state institutions, including the military forces, the security institutions, the intelligence forces. And of course, Iran will have some kind of influence on those institutions. The countries have more in common than just sharing a border on Iraq's eastern flank. Here's Dr. Gul Mohammed again. Of course, Iran is, is a, the largest Shia um, Islamic uh, country in the world, uh, in the world in terms of its size, and uh, and you have uh, Najaf and Karbala, the holy Shia sites uh, in, in Iraq, and of course this this gives them a kind of a spiritual um, uh, connection between Iran as well as uh, Iraq. They are also linked economically. More on that later. Iran's influence stepped up after 2003 and the return of the opposition to take up positions in the new government. But the US, its arch-rival, also became central to Iraq's future. Dr Michael Knights, an Iraq expert at the Washington Institute, explains. 
The U.S. removal of Saddam Hussein's regime created a massive opening for the Iranians to increase their leverage and influence in Iraq, because Iraq has traditionally been the largest security threat to Iran, as we saw in the Iran-Iraq war. But the U.S. invasion of Iraq also made America uniquely connected to the new Iraqi state. And so America took responsibility for and has deep connection with the new Iraqi democracy uh, that was put in place since 2003. So as a result, both Iran and the United States became very closely connected to the fate of the post-2003 government there. The cables obtained by the US news outlets tell the tale of Iraq in 2014 and 2015. But how do things stand now? Dr Knights says Iran's hold on Iraqi politics has increased. Iranian influence is way stronger uh, than it was in Iraq uh, during the period shown by the, the leaked documents. One example of that is the placement of a politician called Abu Jihad, uh, Mohammed al-Hashimi, his real name, as the chief of staff to Iraq's prime minister. Abu Jihad was put in position to be the direct liaison between the Iranian government and the prime minister's office. And so the most important person within the prime minister's office uh, was put in place uh, primarily to liaise with the Iranian government and to ensure that they were comfortable with all actions being taken by Iraq's office of the prime minister. We spoke earlier about General Qasem Soleimani. He is a central figure to Iran's grip on Iraq's political landscape. Here's Dr Knights again. Qasem Soleimani is the head of the Revolutionary Guards Special Forces, and he has historically had the lead on Iraq policy within the Iranian establishment. Uh, so Qasem Soleimani knows all the main Iraqi politicians, all the main Iraqi security leaders, and he has been working on this portfolio for over a decade, which means that uh, he has vastly more experience than any single U.S. diplomat uh, when it comes to dealing with Iraq. So why is Iraq so seemingly ripe for exploitation by outside powers? Well, Iraqi politicians' willingness to get involved in corruption invites any nation to meddle in Iraqi affairs. Here's Iraqi Member of Parliament Sarkwat al-Shamsi. And this is, this is a tragedy of Iraq. This is why uh, Iraq cannot be stable. These individuals are ready to do everything, uh, switching sides from American to Iran and also maybe tomorrow from Iran to another country. This is really very dangerous situation, and, and, and that will, tells us that we have a deep crisis within the Iraqi uh, state and, uh, and the Iraqi officials who ruled this country. Uh, they uh, did everything to destroy the country, but also to enrich themselves and also the, the, the people around them. The whole Iraqi state is at stake now. But this is not only about Iran. This is also, it means that if, if Iran can, can penetrate Iraqi institutions, it means that other countries can do. This is uh, proof that Iraqi officials, Kurds, Sunni, Shia, they're all united uh, to do one thing, to destroy the country, but enrich themselves. Dr. Gul Mohammed agrees. However, I would argue that not only Iran and U.S. had their intelligence services active in, in Iraq. There were other regional powers who had strong presence in, in, in Iraqi security institutions in order to have um, influence in shaping Iraqi state institutions. 
Prior to the release of the New York Times and Intercept report, tensions were already boiling over in the Iraqi cities of Kerbala and Baghdad. Demonstrators could be heard shouting, Iran out, out, Iraq is free, during intense clashes with security forces. Young Iraqis are showing displeasure at the government's unwillingness to combat corruption, a lack of basic services and a refusal from their representatives to stand up to outside influences. The protests, which began on October the 1st, have raged for over two months, killing over 100 people. Protesters and activists describe kidnapping attempts, threats to family members and violence from government forces. Those forces are rumoured to have been advised by General Soleimani, who may have miscalculated, says Dr Knights. In the current protests, Qasem Soleimani and the Revolutionary Guard seem to have overreached because they stepped in in early October in response to some quite mild student protests and they ordered a very brutal crackdown, including the use of snipers and the closure of television stations. And this looks to have been a mistake. And what's interesting is we're seeing the Iranian government committing some of the same mistakes with regard to its own protesters in the last few days, cutting off the internet and killing large numbers of unarmed protesters. So it's possible that the Revolutionary Guard has overreached and is now having a counterproductive influence in Iraq, which could cost Iran dearly. Protests erupted in over 100 cities in Iran last week as citizens emboldened by movements around the world and enraged by the restriction of the internet took to the streets. What started as a demonstration over fuel price hikes bloomed into wider protests against a weakening currency and rising prices for bread, rice and other staples. Amnesty International said on Tuesday that over 100 people have been killed in the unrest, which Iran's leaders are now claiming to have contained. However, Dr Knights is sceptical that any outcome from the protests will exclude outside influences. It is more likely Iran will make its influence less obvious, he says. What we may see is Iran playing a more subtle role, going back to uh, the way it was uh, before 2018, when it was the hidden hand behind a lot of Iraqi government decisions. Iran has arguably become too prominent in Iraqi politics and security over the last two years, and this is why the protesters have signalled that they want Iranian influence to be reduced. The protests are increasingly likely to result in an early election, after Iraqi President Baram Saleh said Abdul Mehdi had agreed to submit his resignation late last month. However, his resignation would only come after the reform of the electoral system and a national dialogue. Here's Dr Knights. We are going to see some changes in the way Iraq's Prime Minister's office and government is organised, and we will probably see a reduction in the visible influence of the Iranian government in both the Prime Minister's office and in the security forces. To hear all this, you'd be forgiven for thinking the US has no influence left in Iraq. After spending $2 trillion and losing 4,500 troops in the 2003 invasion, there is little appetite for US military intervention in Iraq. However, the country is merely taking a different, quiet attack in support of the protesters and more generally, Dr Knight says. The US wants these protests to be seen as indigenous and Iraqi uh, and not connected to the US. So the US is playing quite a cautious role inside Iraq at the moment, keeping its military forces in place and warning the Iranians not to target those forces. US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has criticised the government crackdown 
as well as the kidnapping of protesters, but has failed to mention sanctions as punishment. The US is moving to limit Iran's influence economically, though. Iraq relies heavily on Iran for energy, despite possessing the world's fifth-largest oil reserves. Its infrastructure has barely recovered from the damage sustained during the first Gulf War and the 2003 invasion. Power stations and transmission lines are crying out for upgrades at a time when demand has spiked in areas affected by the region's migrant crisis. In Iraq, uh, the United States is trying to limit Iran's economic influence as well. And that means reducing the amount of Iranian gas and electricity that is being sold to Iraq, which provides Iran with hard currency, including US dollars. And the Iraqis are being very compliant on this issue and are working very closely with the US Treasury to ensure that no US dollars are paid to Iran and to start to slowly reduce the amount of Iranian gas and electricity uh, that they buy. Dr Gul Mohammed says Iraq should look to diversify its partners in the region to limit the economic influence Iran can have. I would urge the Iraqis to, to integrate more with the Arab world, to, to trade more with the Arab world, to do businesses with the Arab world. And I, I hear as well as there are, there are kind of suggestions from Kuwait and Saudi Arabia and maybe Jordan to help out Iraq with electricity. But I don't know to what extent this is feasible. Uh, so there are alternative routes in order to reduce Iranian influence, but we need uh, this need to be taken seriously, like help from uh, maybe from the Arab countries uh, as an alternative route for Iranian energy source. One thing is for sure, Iranian influence is unlikely to decrease as protests gather strength once again. Iran might continue its influence because it's also building new connections. So Iran is also reaching out to some of the Sunni leaders. So even within the Iraqi political spectrum, Iran is reaching out to them. Iran is reaching out to the different Kurdish political factions, is reaching out to different Shia factions. So Iran is having a comprehensive strategy to make um, alliances with various spectrums, various political spectrums throughout Iraq, whether there are Sunnis or Shias and Kurds. Thanks to my guests this week, Dr. Michael Knights and Dr. Zana Gulmohammed. To hear more, tap the subscribe button in your podcast app and get all the latest beyond the headlines. And check out more of our coverage on thenational.ae. We were produced this week by Aisha Khan and Arthur Edison with assistance from Mina Aldrubi. I've been your host, Taylor Heyman.